Hello and welcome to Season 3 of Family Twist, a podcast about DNA surprises, found family, and amazing adoption stories. I'm Kendall Austin Stultz, and my partner is Corey Stultz. We've had fabulous guests during Seasons 1 and 2. We're sharing stories of people who identify as NPEs, also called not-parent-expected, others who found out they were donor-conceived and have surprise siblings, and even others with unique family twists. We started this podcast to spotlight Kendall's adoption story and his discovering both sides of his biological family in 2017. So if you're just finding the podcast, we encourage you to start with episode one to learn more about Kendall's journey. Thank you for listening. Well, we're back. Season three, Family Twist. Very excited that we've got a wonderful guest today, Gene McLeod. Now, Gene, we've uh, often talked about nature versus nurture on the podcast, but uh, you definitely have a nature versus nurture theme to your story. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so, and, and of course, there's a, a, a DNA surprise in there as well. Big one. So, yes. So let's... Um, Let's start off with just like the the revelation that you found out your the man that raised you, your dad, was not your biological father. Correct. So how did you come to this realization? Oh, okay. You know, uh, if you don't mind, uh, I thought about this. I think it's best if I set it up with like some background of my family. Sure. And then go right in, and then the discovery part is the second part, and that's where you guys want to get in, and that's a really good story by itself. So let, let me uh, give you the, I think if I give you the background first, then do the discovery, it kind of frames the discovery Okay, better. great, cool. Yep. So, um, so the background, my real-life family story uh, at a high level, and this will take a few minutes, but bear with me. Um, so I grew up, uh, there were four of us, me and my brother, mom and dad, and, uh, I come from a lower socioeconomic background, uh, grew up literally next door to the trailer parks. Uh, we, uh, we actually envied the people in the double wides. They were much nicer homes than we lived in. Um, you know, so it's a working class neighborhood. It was in the West End of Huntington. We'll get in more of that. West End is a particular thing in Huntington. It's, uh, um, uh, I hope people don't get offended by it, but really it, it was at the time a bit of what I would call a hillbilly ghetto. Um, uh, Huntington's a city, and this is a section of the city that almost was a subculture within the city, I would say. Um, so my mom and dad were both sweet, simple souls, uh, just gorgeous people, but they're human and they had issues. And with my mom, uh, she had a hard bout with anxiety, depression, and, and drinking. Uh, with dad, it was different. He had shopping addictions and he was a hoarder. Um, and uh, both of them were really in hindsight. I didn't get this when I was a child, but it really was PTSD from their childhoods. Uh, mom was raised by an abusive father, physically abusive, and uh, dad was uh, a victim of neglect, a father who worked on the rivers, never was home, and didn't send home much money. He made money, but he basically indulged himself with it. Um, 
So both of them go to dark places in their adult lives, which uh, we'll get into. And and but they they both later recover and redeem themselves quite well. Um, and outside our home, their issues were mostly hidden. Uh, and I can tell you today, the children of my neighborhood through Facebook and when I would come, come into town, I still visit Huntington a lot. My hometown's Huntington, West Virginia. I don't know if I got that out there or not. Uh, I live in Richmond, Virginia now, uh, but spent most of my adult life in the DC suburbs of Northern Virginia. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but uh, the folks from the old neighborhood in Huntington, man, they, they just adored my parents. I mean, they, uh, they talk about them to this day. They were, they were very wonderful people. So next, my younger brother, Curtis, and this is important. Um, uh, he was a live for the day thrill seeker, pleasure seeker, uh, and he didn't give a damn about much. Uh, he thought the game of life was rigged, he was a fatalist, and he believes it's not what you know, it's who you know. And he, and there's in, in the city of Huntington, there's some very nice neighborhoods, lots of, uh, it's a college town, professors, lawyers, doctors, it's a medical center, people with money and well-to-do folks and really nice places. And, and he always resented those folks, um, you know, and, um, you know, it's like who you know and what you know. And he was, uh, uh, he, you know, the privilege in town bothered him and we were not privileged. So put that aside there because this all goes into the DNA here. Um, so I'm anything but uh, a simple person like my parents I'm anything but a fatalist like my brother. I'm more of, well, I am an optimist, uh, but I'm a, uh, it's, it's, it comes out early. I'm this complex, unusually serious child and um, a live for tomorrow strategist, not a live for the day. Delayed gratification, you, you know, if you work at it, it gets better. Uh, the game might be a little rigged, but I don't care. Uh, I'm going to take it on, uh, determined as hell. And so, so what if other kids have privileges? So what if playing field is not level? I don't care. Um, and, uh, and we're only 20 months apart, but we're, we're very close in age. Um, I also very young demonstrated uh, intellect and interest outside the family. I was the nerd. Uh, um, uh, I, I, you know, in elementary school, I read encyclopedias forward and backwards. I could tell you every U.S. president and what they did and what their what their positives and negatives were. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm in fourth grade. You, you, you know, uh, uh, I read almanacs like crazy. If I got a hold of a map, I wanted to know where everything was at. I was, I was, I was that kind of kid, very young, and that just like. People, you know, within my family, just like what, what's going on here? Um, so, um, um, anyway, but I was loved and appreciated, just hard to figure out, it, it, you know, uh, uh, from all of them. I was, I was a confounder to the family, and I was a bit of an intense Type A personality. Uh, none of those three were Type As uh, at all. Very laid back people. Um, so, um, too serious about too many things. Uh, I was on a mission and it 
kind of made the family a little uncomfortable, particularly my mother and my brother, not so much my dad, ironically, uh, but definitely uh, my brother Curtis and my mother Jane. Uh, dad was actually very fascinated with my attitude and encouraged it. <laughs> uh, he liked what he was seeing. Uh, um, and, uh, and I think it's, well, all parents hope all parents have that, you know, that hope that their children do better than they did in life. Right? Uh, yeah. He kind of had this, well, let's just stand back and watch this boy go and see what happens. <laughs> it's kind of where he was at. And, um, you know, I think what I did, well, I know it's somewhat, I don't know if threatened is the right word, but kind of threatened my brother and mother a little bit. Uh, there's this some, you know, but not him. He was, he was a cool customer. So, um, all right. So where, where are we now? So, so it's, yeah. And sleep and, and here's kind of an irony too, is I would say at least in my childhood, um, my dad is the one who appreciated me the most and supported my optimism. Uh, how about that? Um, so we're, we're actually, well, I'm close to all of them, but I'm really close to my dad, really close. I mean, we, we had a bond, uh, you know, and, um, so mom, dad, and brother, all of them were marginal high school students. Um, my brother eventually went to college, but mom and dad didn't go to college. Uh, my dad and brother barely graduated high school. I mean, skin of their teeth type of stuff, high school. Uh, my dad was functionally illiterate probably could only read at a third or fourth grade level. Um, my mom was read at a higher level than that, but she got a D in algebra and an F in geometry in high school. On the other hand, I was the straight A student. My bachelor's degree is in physics. Um, uh, uh, I, uh, my engineering degree is in electrical engineering from the University of Virginia. I graduated summa cum laude and top of the class in both schools. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's going on here? Um, and, <laughs> um, and I was a huge surprise to everyone. There's a lot of people that Gene is going to the University of Virginia. I mean, it, 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 even though I did well in high school, it kind of was under the radar. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's just people's impressions of me were different because I was from the West End of Huntington. Uh, uh, so we were called Stenders. We had, there was a name for us. I was a Stender, meaning I was from the West End. Um, so, um, so at any rate, um, that all went well. I married a very intelligent woman who I met at University of Virginia, still married to her 35 years, more than 35 years. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, and I basically go on to have up there in Northern Virginia and DC, what I would call a Cinderella career in the defense industry and engineering and accomplished a whole lot. And we'll just, just leave it there. I'm retired. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm done Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was able to get out early, uh, before yeah. it killed me. Uh, but, but anyway, right, right. Uh, um, so, um, uh, it, my adult, the whole thing's a fairy tale for me. I mean, up before the discovery, it's a fairy tale. It, it, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, my, my parents were marvelous grandparents to our children and just uh, my children just very attached to them and all that kind of stuff. So my brother was also a very much loved uncle and my kids just adored him he, as a, you know, a very amusing dude. I'm going to 
I might be getting in the way. You're only closing up here. Um, and um, so, but here's the thing. Uh, his life was not the fairy tale. Um, he, um, he dies tragically in 2017, uh, uh, basically from complications of alcoholism and broke. And um, we'll cover that in a minute. So, um, so one, one, more than one person. That's what, what's going on here. I mean, you got my trajectory, you got my brother's trajectory, and uh, same environment, um, not that far apart in age. Uh, we're close. We knew each other very well. I dare say, no one on the planet knew my brother better than I did. Uh, I delivered his eulogy at the funeral. When I did the eulogy, people would say, man, that's the essence of Kurt and, and things I didn't know about him. I could, I could say things that my parents didn't know, that his best friends didn't know. I, I knew that guy all the way through. And probably he said the same thing from him to me, except for one detail. Um, so that's 2017, right? <clears throat> he was 52 when he died. Died young. Um, so... 2019, so it's 15 months after he passes away, uh, is when the discovery occurred. And um, and and now I'm going to get to your question uh, that you guys <laughs> asked. Uh, uh, I want, but I wanted to give that background. Sure, all that is yeah. appreciated. Yes, and and uh, so that's when I discover that that my dad, Richard McLeod, uh, that that. Uh, kind, good looking, six four, rock looks like Rock Hudson basically. Uh, tough as nails, functionally illiterate glass worker that busted his rump at the glass factory and did a lot for me. Oh boy, where I'd be without him. Um, that's when I learned he's not my biological father, and he's still living, and my mom's still living, although she's kind of in the throes of dementia at the time. Um, but yeah, that's when I discover, no, you are not the son of the biological son. Of And and make, now that I got two dads, I've got to say dad and bio dad. Yeah, I got two titles, dad and bio dad to keep them straight. Uh, so when I say dad, I'm talking about Richard McLeod. Um, so I'm not the uh, son. I'm, I, you know, I was the pride of the West End, the guy that came from that neighborhood and ascended. And, you know, me and Richard McLeod, arm in arm, the son of the glass worker, just showed you could do it. And I learned that my biological father is a retired army colonel and bank executive uh, with an MBA from the University of Richmond, a pretty prestigious school. And, um, and he's also a bronze star. Uh, from his military service, very accomplished career, and and I, we we know each other well. We're tight now. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, uh, that was the shocking thing, uh, uh, you know. That's like, and then you compare with me and my brother, and the kind of there was always an implied. I never, you know, um, um. I wasn't mean to him or anything like that, but it, there was always like, come on, Kurt, come along with me. Come along. You, you can do this. Come along with me. Follow my lead, younger brother. You come on. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Right. 
and right. and it's in that moment you you know that it's like I was playing the game and I was juiced, right? I mean, it's it, 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 you know it, it was unfair for me to say those things to him. He couldn't do these things that I could do. I mean, sure he could have been uh, a, a very uh, he could have been a successful tradesman or something like that, but come on, doing uh, uh, phased array radars for the military to, to detect signals. <laughs> I mean, no, mm. <laughs> he couldn't. Right. right, yeah. There's just no way. Yeah. Uh, that That's that's the nature part of it. I had, I mean, I, I had a bigger brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 and it's it was humbling. It was, uh, it, I mean, it literally brought me to my knees. I mean, everything I thought before that discovery, uh, just, it, 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 you know, the world's not what you think it is, man. Not any kid from the West. I always thought any kid from the West End of Huntington, West Virginia, if they, you, you know, it's cultural. You, you know, just, just, just go against the norm, which I did. And you got this. Not entirely true. Mm -hmm. uh, so with, with no inkling whatsoever, that you weren't Richard's boy. What made you do a DNA test? So in um, 2015, uh, uh, we took our trip to Scotland. My uh, uh, McLeod's a Scottish name. My daughter was uh, in the uh, Glasgow School of Art and Design. Uh, and we saw that while she was doing her graduate work there in Scotland, in, in um, not Edinburgh, but the other one, uh, Glasgow. Uh, while she was in Glasgow, we decided, hey, let's. this is our time to see Scotland and let's see McLeod Castle, right? Sure, uh, yeah. The, the Castle of Dunvegan. I don't know if you've heard of that or not, but it's a pretty cool, one of the cooler castles on the Isle of Skye in Scotland. So we went to we went to Glasgow, we went to the Isle of Skye, we went to Edinburgh, you know, and then we come back. And, you know, just, and there's lots of stories about, yeah, there's, my mother was so dark complected and do I got some Italian in there or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Just how much Scottish am I? You know, now Richard McLeod was your, your real, you know, pale complected, black haired, blue eyed. Yeah. You know, he was Scottish all the way, man. Uh, with, with skin cancer. I mean, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. you know, oh, okay. mm -hmm. battling skin cancer. He was Scottish. You know, I was darker complected. And my mom was really dark complexed, and I thought she must have some Italian or something like that. And she said there might be American Indian in the family, all the, that that kind of stuff, right? Right. So, sure. so I'm back from, and that, it was really hot off the trip from Scotland. Was like, all right, let's let's just see how. I signed the book at the Castle Dunvegan as part of the McLeod family. I, I maybe I committed some crime or something now, but in hindsight, but no, I'm, I'm teasing. Um, but um, uh, so I. Uh, uh, so I did the ancestry test just to see, all right, how much, how much Scottish is here, you know? And it was uneventful. Uh, you know, it came back and, you know, I'm, I'm saying this is 2016 comes back and yeah, there's, there's a lot of Scottish there, you know, and no big surprises. And guess what? Mom's not Italian. It, 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 you know, she's just a dark complected Northern European is what she must be because I'm only Northern European, uh, England and Scotland, you, you, you know, Northern France, Northern Germany, Scandinavia. That's what I am. So, uh, wow, they got dark complected people up in Northern Europe. Okay. All right. Um, so, um, um, anyway, um, uh, so, so that, and it just sits there in 2016. That's, I'm done with it. Right. 
you know, uh, uh, yeah, I did some Facebook posts on look how Scottish I am, you know, just, you know, you know commentary, and, you know, but, but uh, that was the end of it. <clears throat> All right. Now, how was it discovered? So I've actually got the notes right here. Let me scroll them down, make sure I get this right, because people will be listening. And the person involved here will probably be listening to this. But so on February 8th, 2019, I receive an ancestry message. And I heard you guys talk about that on your, your uh, podcast, basically. It's not really email. It goes through ancestry for privacy protection. All good there. And I get a in my email box like, hey, you got a message on ancestry from Lisa. You know, so now I haven't even looked at ancestry for almost three years. And at least two. So, and, and here's her quote. Would you be willing to speak with me regarding the family connection? And my response was, sure, this should be fun. <clears throat> Had no idea what I was getting into. Um, so the connection shows I'm closely related to her two teenage kids, but I'm not related to her which means I'm somehow related to her ex-husband. All right. And, um, you know, she's still feeling me out and the, and the messages are very non-detailed. Um, uh, I think you brought up uh, uh, ax murderer or something like that. <laughs> she wants to make sure I'm not an ax murderer or one of those things. All right. Just check me out. Fair enough. Um, now, um, Without going on anything else and just looking at the correlation, the degree that I was connected to her teenage kids, and so I must be related to her ex-husband, my wife and I concluded that um, her ex-husband probably is the biological son of Richard McLeod, my dad, not my bio dad. Remember, he's good-looking, Rock Hudson guy. Uh, when he was younger, he, he was definitely a very faithful, devoted husband later. But but when he was younger, he, you know, he was young, or, you know, he, he was a little young and foolish. And this could have been the tail end of his young, foolish uh, uh, phase. Uh, so that's that's where we left it on February 8th or 9th is my wife. And I said, yeah, that 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 uh, good looking son of a gun father of yours has has another son out there. And yeah, we'd love we'd love to meet him. So, uh, um, finally Lisa gets back to me and she goes, okay, uh, I don't think my ex-husband is the son of Richard McLeod. And, uh, once she gets comfortable with me, um, she finally gives me the names of her ex-husband, his siblings and, um, and, and, uh, his, his dad. And he says, she says, go look them up, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever you can, she didn't direct me where to go, but those are the names. Do your thing and see what you find out. <clears throat> and I uh, look at the pictures on Facebook of all of them. And I say, oh boy. <laughs> um, and then on the morning of February 11th, 2019, it's a Monday. Uh, I'm still, I'm thinking uh, this might be it, I mean, this guy could be my bio father, but I, you know, I wasn't, I, you know, or is my mind just playing tricks on me, right? And then I see this picture of my bio dad now, 
he's 26. He's dribbling a basketball. I'm a, I'm a basketball player, but that's Richard McLeod was a basketball player. Came <laughs> from two basketball playing fathers. We're all basketball players. Um, but there he is, 26, dribbling a basketball. Same haircut I got right now. Uh, and uh, we're dead ringers. I mean, just flat out dead ringers. And uh, there were no more doubts. And I texted my wife with the picture and two words, it's over. And she, uh, and well, actually after I texted it, I mean, that was, that was a fall to your knees, fetal position, full out emotional. 20 minutes after I came to, uh, and got to my phone again, the, the response from my wife says, Oh yeah, it's over. <laughs> you know, I mean, that picture is, you don't even have to take a DNA test. If you look at that picture, uh, that's me. I mean, that, that's, it's the same expression on my face. It's, it's the build is the same. It's the face is the same. The eye, it's just all, all the same. It's hard to tell looking at an 80 year old man, how close that was, but his younger self as not just in the right frame. There you go. Um, and it's just right there is that you spend your whole life, you know, wondering who you are because I was such a misfit. And then in a second, you know. So how did you or did you approach your uh, your parents with this information? Oh, uh, dad and, and mom, yep. not not bio dad. Right. Oh, I don't tell. Oh, okay. Here's the funny thing about the story, gentlemen. They didn't know. Oh. Not only did dad not know, mom didn't know. Now, how's that for an interesting story? And well, and I'll explain it. <laughs> I'm now, as you know, I'm writing a book. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the book is intersections, and the book will develop how this possible how this happened, and I know how. I, I've done the research, and I put two and two together from a lot of different. Things in my pet before the discovery, it was almost like I was getting breadcrumbs that kind of tells me that no one knew. The first person on the planet to know that I'm the biological son of, his name was Dick Meadows, this, this Army Colonel bank executive, was Lisa, discovered in 2019. That's the first person on the planet to know. Um, uh, and just by accident because her kids took DNA and I matched them. Um, so, um, uh, so, so where, where, where do we go here? So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no one knew mom didn't know dad didn't know bio dad didn't know. And, uh, yeah, mom and dad are still alive. And, uh, my wife and I talked about this a lot at length and after several days, it was clear that neither your mom or dad know, and you can't tell them they're sick and dying and they take this to the grave. Uh, it would destroy Richard McLeod that his prize, uh, um, his grandchildren. Uh, he didn't get grandchildren from Curtis. He got, he got them from me. Curtis didn't have any kids. His two grandchildren, the, the, I mean, he loved his granddaughter, but his grandson is, I, I, if I just showed you pictures, he was just everything to him. Uh, uh, 
yeah, I'm going to tell him that that's not your biological grandson. No way, man, no way. And mom was, had dementia, but no, we're not, we're not, we're not doing this. Uh, so that decision was made pretty early on and we can go into the evidence of, of why even mom didn't know. That's what makes this thing a little crazy. Uh, it's a, a little bit unique uh, from, from that standpoint. But um, anyway, I wasn't right for four days after the discovery. I, I could not go to work. I told my boss, I'll get in when I can. I can't really discuss what's going on. I think he thought my parents, he knew my parents were sick. And I think he thought I was doing something with that. And I finally got back to the office on Friday, when I, but it took four days. And I'm a pretty emotionally tough guy, to tell you the truth. But it took four days to get my head, it, it, you know, okay, I can, I can, go back to work again. Um, so to finish the story, so, 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 so how do I meet the other side is, is the other question, right? Sure. Right. Uh, so, so I've answered, you know, about the parents. I didn't tell them. <laughs> how did they take it? <laughs> how did they take it? <laughs> they didn't take it. I didn't tell them. Um, it turns out this is kind of a little bit hilarious. I think and it's more hilarious if you knew my sister, but, um, um, uh, Less than four weeks after Lisa contacted me, guess what? My sister Angie went on to Ancestry and she submitted a sample and she got it back. And uh, I wasn't paying attention, but Lisa was. And she went on her Ancestry account and she saw Angie, you know, correlated to her kids. Of course, of course everyone expect that. That's their aunt. That, that's, that's their ex-husband's sister. And, 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 but she goes, oh God, Angie knows because she knows she's going to see this connection to me on ancestry and, oh, and I'm sure it says very close family member or whatever the phrase is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Oh boy, it did. Uh, uh, at the same time, she's got her, as this is going on, uh, Angie's with her best friend at her house saying, who is this guy? And, and, and her, uh, her, her friend, well, Angie, uh, my sister is, is very much into, uh, family trees and, and that kind of stuff. But her friend Margaret is is been doing it for years, apparently. And she just says, Angie, that's your brother. Mm. <laughs> and mm. uh, and at any rate, Lisa calls Angie and it's like they, they, they both know and all this kind of stuff. And finally, Lisa gets back to me. I haven't addressed Angie yet, but, but she basically just you know, in, in the moment there, she just let me know. It's like, you know, Gene, now might be a time, good time to contact your sister because she knows all about you now. And uh, she, she told me she would be fine if you reached out. So I send uh, the ancestry message back over to my sister Angie now. And uh, I remember put into the note that, uh, you know, I always, I always wanted a sister. This is great, you know? And, um, uh, and remember, I've got uh, uh, a paternal sister and two paternal brothers, right? Uh, one being the ex-husband. And so when I wrote that note to Angie, her response to me was, hey, so glad you reached out. And uh, uh, I always wanted a sister, too. And look what I got. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another, another, right, brother. another brother. Another <laughs> brother. Um, so uh, no, our, our relationship's been great ever since. So, so it was within a week of that message that I drove. So I'm in Northern Virginia at the time and I drove down to Richmond, which is only a couple of two hours away. 
and uh, uh, met her and her daughter at a Starbucks, my niece. And uh, I remember her first words to me in person was, oh, you look familiar um, because we look so much alike. I'm much taller than she is, but facially we were, we're very similar. And, um, and uh, then she took me over a couple blocks away to uh, meet my youngest brother, who uh, was a, a restaurant manager at a place a couple blocks away. And, and uh, Mark, my brother, uh, he's an artist, which remember my daughter, Glasgow School of Art and Design. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they both are graduates of Virginia Commonwealth University, same art program. Hmm, wow. Uh, 20 years apart, but, but same art program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, Nature. And, huh? <laughs> Nature. Nature. And, and uh, yeah, like, you know, and, and where my daughter Kelly does mostly botanical art is what she does. Marcus portraits, um, oh. big on portraits. So he would know a face when he sees it. And his first word to me was when I walked in there, he looked at me and he goes, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we we're, we're quite similar. It's certainly from the profile, we really look a lot alike. Uh, uh, so met them both that day. The ex-husband, I finally get it. He's, he's up in Boston, works in pharmaceutical industry. And uh, I got up to Boston on a, on a, uh, on a work assignment. Uh, I, I was up there for a while and Got to see him there later in the year, and and in between those two visits, I met my biological father, uh, who drove up from. He was retired at Pinehurst, North Carolina. He's he did quite well, and and he's quite a golfer, and I'm a golfer, and and, and uh, he came up to. Uh, I became a golfer later in life, but but um, he came up to Richmond, and we met there, and and uh, it, was, it was it was all good, uh, and. Uh, what was his reaction though to this revelation? Well, his first reaction was, um, uh, uh, you know, stunned uh, and uh, really didn't know what to do with himself. But he knew because he remembered the event, he just had no idea there was a pregnancy involved. Hi, it's Kendall. I just wanted to pause here for a moment to ask a quick favor. If you're able to safely look at your phone, not while driving, we would love it if you will subscribe to the podcast and if you'll give us a review. We'd love to hear what you think. Okay, back to the episode. Um, um, so, um, um, any rate, the uh, yeah, we 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 hit it off. I'm I'm the the four of us are we all heavily favor our father, and we're all the I would say the five of us are really different variations of the same theme. So when we're in a room together, it wasn't like this awkward stranger and I got to get used to this. There's really nothing to get used to. I'm basically cut from this cloth and they know it immediately. All of them. They, they see it in five minutes. You know, they've never met me in my life, but you're a Meadows. You know, I mean, it's, you know, and um, that goes back to my background story is you had this Meadows bolted into the McLeod family. <laughs> uh, and that's why I was this enigma confounder. Why does he do things this way? This is weird. Uh, there's no weirdness. Now, maybe we're all just weird, but it's the same kind of weird.
weirdness, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, but um, uh, but yeah, we we had yeah the first yeah we were all going out to dinner with with me and Angie, Mark, and family. It's going to be a big family dinner on the day we met. But first, we my dad and I met for a couple hours in a quiet hotel, just me and him, and just talked, and it was a great talk. And we could have gone for six hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, and, and again, talking to him was like with my sister, like with my brothers. I mean, talking to him was just like, it's just easy. Uh, uh, it, it's not like you're trying to figure out their rhythms and patterns. You have their rhythms and patterns and it just, it can go on forever. Um, is the mother of your sibling still alive? Uh, no, no, that, that's a good question. Uh, 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 she passed away in the mid nineties, uh, suddenly. Okay. Oh. Um, and were they together when you were conceived? They were married. Oh. My parents were married and he was married. Okay. And we, we, we can, if you want to hear that part of the story, we can, I'll be very happy to go into that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to, that's, that's what's eating at me right now. Cause I'm a journalist <laughs> and I just, I like, I gotta know. And I know you, I know you're, it's going to go into more detail in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. yeah. It's like, that's, that's the big question. That's right the now. big it's question. Like, okay. So how did my mother not know? Right. Mm. Right. I'll give you the short part. And then if we got, I don't know how much time you got, there's a longer part to it, but I'm gonna give you the short part first. Okay. 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 So the short part is, Remember, she had the PTSD from the abuse of father. Right. Uh, that resulted into, and not only was she beaten as a child, but I think what bothered her most was seeing her sisters beat. And they talked about that a lot. Well, not a lot. I shouldn't say a lot. They, I heard, so my mom had two sisters. She also had two brothers, five, family five. Um, that was always, you know, Oh, this when you get when that beating happened, and when that beating that so this is before the discovery, and you just heard about you know and and just and I'm putting the stuff together, um, and then my aunt Marge in 2018, mom's sister, told me about my mother's anxiety medications that she was on, and I didn't realize we go through a my mom and I go through a very dark time uh, in the book uh, when I was in high school. Uh, I know Kendall's father had a drinking issue. You talk, I remember hearing you talk about that. Mom and I, um, I was probably less sympathetic. Well, I wasn't probably, I was unsympathetic to our drinking problem. I, I had an attitude and gosh, I wish if I could go back in time, I would do it differently. I'm a dumb kid, but it, to me, it was like, you know, straighten up, buck up, you know, you gotta be a more responsible adult. I mean, I'm doing fine, but you know, you're, you're here. I am. It, you know, teenage, I'm, the teenager's the one that's supposed to be uh, having all the issues and stuff. And I'm making, you know, I'm, I don't put that in front of her, but I'm, I'm, I'm playing high school basketball and making straight A's and, and you're just falling apart. I mean, you, you know, uh, uh, and I'm pretty much taking care of myself, you know, and I know Kendall went through that. I mean, he had the, I, I, know, I know that whole story. Uh, but, but, you know, it's just like, this is like an unforced error, you, 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 you know, just, you know, get a hold of yourself, get, you know, but, you know, and of course that went over real well. Right. Uh, <laughs> of um, course. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, you know, I'm, I'm a dumb kid and it's only as it, this is what's great about this whole experience is I'm, I'm, I've got a good memory and I'm able to rerun the movie now and then understand what she was going through. So, okay. So why did my mother not know? And this is, this is all really related. See, that's the, 
the, the PTSD and her sister informing me that she went into huge panic attacks uh, just at random. You know, she was emotionally injured by the experience. Uh, she goes on, not the other sisters, but she goes on anxiety medications. And I forgot all the names of the anxiety. I've done the research on what was available then and what the side effects are and all that kind of stuff. And Marge didn't tell me which were the medications, but you can look up in, in the late 1950s what you would be taking, in the early 60s what you would be taking for anxiety. And she goes, you, she was using anxiety medications a lot, really throughout her life, but really using a lot. So that's that's a big clue. Um, so it's a mix of booze, anxiety medications, and jealousy for Rock Hudson, good-looking Richard McLeod. They go to a party one night. Uh, some sorority chicks at the pool party in August of 1962 were hitting on the good-looking Richard McLeod. Mom flies into her jealous rage. They have a huge fight. And this is what Biodad's informed me, because <laughs> he was there. They go into a, like something he's never seen before. And mom's hitting dad, but dad doesn't hit her back. But finally, dad just says, I'm out of here. You find your own goddamn. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and he left. Mom's there with a bunch of girlfriends that, that ran around together and drank too much. They're young, these are early 20s. They're in their early 20s. They're drinking and partying too much. The 50s were wilder than you think. <laughs> uh, well, this is 1962, but, but this is... It, it was a wilder time than it was not leave it to beaver. That, that's the way it's portrayed. But that's not what reality was. They drank like crazy. Um, and her and her um, girlfriends, she's had a big fight. She's trying to calm down. She's doing shots with them. And she's taking her anxiety meds all together. And two of the big side effects of that is inhibition and blackout mm -hmm. and she had sex with <laughs> with uh, uh with bio dad uh, uh uh who um was also drinking a lot that night even though he was married his wife was out of town i think at the time mom was gorgeous uh uh, uh you know bo both my parents were really good looking people um, and, uh, she's a honey and, um, it's late and she doesn't, uh, you know, he, he doesn't realize she's taking anxiety medications and she's out of her mind. He, he thinks, man, she thinks I'm cute. <laughs> and, um, and for whatever reason that night, and thank God myself that they did, they both went out of character for a moment. Like I said, Biodad remembers the evening, but he didn't know she was pregnant from it. Mom doesn't even remember the evening. And when it's discovered, because I know this from my past, mom and dad had been married already for four years trying to have kids. Uh, and um, kind of like Kendall's uh, uh, adopted mom's story didn't go quite as long. They were afraid they would never have kids. And when she got pregnant, 
all Richard McLeod and Jane McLeod could think about was thank God it finally happened because mom's having sex with dad before the event and after the event with no memory, no memory of the event. And my wife assures me when, 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 when mom was alive and the way she would look at me and the way she would look at dad and the grandchildren, she believed that man was the, the father of them all. And she goes, I can tell if there was anything going on there. And one last thing, one last clue, my wife, my mom, and you'll, you'll know her character in the book and we can't develop her character here. You'll know her character. My, my mom, bless her heart. I mean, she's a loose cannon. And with all the arguments and fights that we got into, uh, if she knew that detail, she would have let me know right there in the heat of the moment. She used a lot of nasty words, unfortunately, when, when you know, not flattering things about me that she felt. And I guarantee you, she would have laid that one on me to hurt me back when I was in high school. But she didn't know. Yeah, it's hard for those things not to slip out at some point, right? You know, especially in the course of a fight. Right. Yeah, they don't have my my mom and and dad don't have the sophistication to keep a secret like that. Uh, uh, there's like I said, they are sweet, simple souls. To keep a secret like that takes a lot of sophistication and discipline, and neither one had either. It's a lot of effort. Yeah to do that would you would you have told curtis well that's a good question um i didn't have to <laughs> um uh yeah ultimately i would have had to tell him uh after mom and dad passed i would wait till mom and dad passed and and yes ultimately i would because i have a relationship with with the other siblings and and the bio dad and he would have to some yeah, I'm not going to sneak around and hide that it was easy for my parents they were in, they were in assisted living nursing care uh, most of their friends had already died it was easier to keep that was I didn't really have to even sneak around uh, for that but if Curtis were still around and how he would have responded to that could have gone either way he probably would have laughed his rear end off probably what he would have done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that's probably where, where he would have gone with that. So um, um, any rate, so that's, and oh, and, and I f- almost forgot to say this, is that, and I, I, I hope this is a huge irony in the book that the readers pick up, is that the um, mom's anxiety-driven substance abuse problems uh, which was the source of serious conflict between she and I when I was a teenager, we almost became estranged. Uh, uh, kind of like Kendall with you, you talking about your your mom's sister. It, 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 uh, it, it was we were at the point like we are about ready to just part for the rest of our lives. Uh, um, the irony is is that her substance abuse anxiety is the reason I'm here. Uh, 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 I didn't know that at the time, but without that, I'm not here. Uh, follow-up question. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm really curious about this. So you mentioned your mother's siblings have, do they know now? Oh, they're all, they all had passed. Everybody had passed before the discovery. 
Mom was the baby sister, baby Jane. Got it. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, Marge had a discuss her next oldest sister, who was five years older. Uh, in 2018, uh, I visit her. Mom and dad are still living. I'm six months, six, seven months away from the discovery, prior to the discovery. And she knew she was dying. And she wanted to have a talk with me about everything. And, and I got a lot of dump on my, a lot of stuff I did know about my parents, but some things I didn't know, such as the anxiety medication. I didn't know about that. She told me that in 2000. It's like, that's one of those breadcrumbs. She doesn't know about the discovery, but it's like she's giving me a breadcrumb, right? A clue. Uh, for later use. Um, and um, she told me a lot about my parents, how she had to take care of them. Uh, she's the one that got my mother into rehab uh, and arranged for it and got her clean. And my mom went sober in 1980 and was sober for the rest of her life. Um, uh, I was a senior in high school when she got sober. Uh, uh, for a couple months while I was in my senior year, I had no mother. She was being rehabilitated, Marge, Marge, um, they, they couldn't read contracts very well. Marge would always read the contract, let you know if this is okay. She looked over their finances. You'll, you'll see things in the book that she, she is kind of like my, my, again, my parents, sweet, simple souls, but life was a little complicated for them and they were not very good problem solvers. Uh, and Marge was the problem solver, and I was the problem solver within the house myself. I'm a good problem solver, but and nobody else had that. Um, but yeah, she she went through uh, uh, just a litany of stuff. What happened? And if my mom, another clue, if my mom knew, Marge would have known. And Marge is the kind of person that would tell me, Gene, you're in your mid fifties. You need to know this because you need to figure out if you've got any medical uh, in, in your background that you need to know about and be aware of. She would, I mean, she would 100% do that. But she didn't know. And if she didn't know, mom didn't know. Right. Um, do you have cousins that now oh, yeah, they know. can find yeah, out? Yeah, yeah they, they, okay. they, they know. Okay. Uh, they, they, they were, they, you know, I, I publicly announced this in late August, 2021, two weeks after Richard McLeod passed away. Uh, mom passed away in October, 2020. Then 10 months later, or whatever that is, dad passed away. Two weeks later, made the public announcement on uh, Facebook um, and basically let everybody know. And boy, was that a bombshell, you know, sure, <laughs> right. sure. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, 250, uh, 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 react, uh, reactions and about, you know, 500 comments, you know, so, uh, uh, uh that, that was crazy. So, um, yeah, it, it, the timing is what it gets at. You asked about bio dad's wife. You asked about, you know, mom's sisters. You ask about, you know, my, my brother, it, they, they, they were all gone you know, when, when it came. So it, that part was made, the only people around were still my parents and it was easy, not, it was easy to keep the information away from them. Right. Right. But what a wonderful part of the story that, you know, all those people from your earlier life were all gone, but now you've got all these siblings and, you know, um, 
nieces and nephews and it's just wonderful yes yep yep the mcleods you know one by one left but now i've got three paternal uh siblings and 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 bio dad's still kicking he's got some health issues right now he's 85 um but he's he's still around and i, I went down to see for his 85th birthday uh, uh back in april um, with my two brothers, you know, so, um, uh, it was, uh, we had a little golf trip cause his golf's his thing. And, um, that's, uh, that's, that's where that is. So, um, um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's discovering all, uh, I don't know if you guys got time to talk about the book a little bit, but, um, yeah. So, um, so everything I've told you now is real life. Um, to make the book work, I'm. Uh, it's based on real life, but it's. It, I'm calling it a work of auto fiction. It's sort of a memoir, but I've got to use some fiction. You know, it seems like this happened in '78 and this happened in '76, and I'm just going to put them together in '77 and move the story. There's there's things like that uh, uh, to to move it along. I changed some names. Uh, um, you know, uh, you know, to get the gist of it and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and, and, and so, oh, by the way, Kendall, I got to tell you that uh, my bio dad, what was his career as an executive uh, for the Federal Reserve? He was human resources. Oh, <laughs> good choice. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's a human resources guy. He was, um, he was human resources at Ben Hill Farms for the Army in Manassas, or actually Warrington, Virginia. And then went on to the Federal Reserve, and there's a great uh, story uh, that'll, that'll be covered in the book. It's one of the one of the side stories, but basically his career at the Federal Reserve was taking on kind of like a Harvey Weinstein character, uh, very important guy in the organization who uh, was a sexual predator, and he's head of human resources, and he's trying to do something about this top executive that people say he's sorry. He's too important. It's basically it, that's based on a true story, but yeah. the character has a different sure. name. He has a different position. You know, I wasn't there, so I've got to right. make up right. the scenes. That's what, that's why I yeah. think auto fiction. I, I think if my story turns into a book at some point, we're going to have to do some of that too. I've worked for really high profile companies as well, where I love to fictionalize at least the name and say, this person was evil because it's true. It's you know, honestly, I mean, uh, yeah, somebody who deserves to be, you know, cause trust me, the people that worked with her would understand who exactly who she was. <laughs> right. So, so I, I, in, in that arc, I, I, try to describe the environment where a person can put themselves in that position and what an organization will do. And you, you, they, they say the right words and, and stuff, but they, they really, if that person's that valuable and the character is a, uh, he's the head of, of economics research at the federal reserve. And he is uh, a friend of Senator William Proxmire and he is a Nobel laureate and he wins a lot of federal money for the Federal Reserve to do research in Richmond. Uh, sorry, we can't let him go. Try to try to fix it, but we're, we yeah, yeah, he's too important. You you can't you, you know it's that story. 
and 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 that's true. And my bio dad finally had to, uh, after ten years of the Federal Reserve, finally just uh, in a very dramatic scene, uh, resigns. Tells them I, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't be a part of this. And since he started too, it was the seventies. Uh, when he started his position in, in 1970, uh, sexual harassment was legal. It was not until the mid 70s of the civil rights that they, they, they did a court case where the civil, it's like, no, this is covered under 1964 civil rights. And no, this is illegal. And, and that's what BioDad was doing. It's like, this is illegal. We can't, uh, you know, I tried to appeal to your ethical sense. Uh, 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 but I'm not appealing to ethical anymore. This is legal. And that, that's the true story. And they said, basically said, it is your job to figure out how to solve this. Uh, and if you can't solve this, we'll get somebody else. We're yep. not firing him. Which would also be illegal. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyway, that, that's, that, that's the story there. But uh, so, so the book real quick about the book. I don't want to, yeah, that, that's just one of the, <laughs> I have a lot of stories like that, that, you know, multiple threads that, that go through there. But so there's three threads. Uh, one is the McLeod family. That's me, Curtis, Richard and Jane, mom and dad. And, and I tell you their story, you know, and then the second thread, there's three. The second thread is uh, Molly Fletcher and Rick Fletcher and um, different thread. Molly works with Richard McLeod at the glass factory and Rick Fletcher goes on to join the military, gets a college degree, joins the military, gets a bronze star, goes to the federal reserve, raises a family, all that arc. Um, and there you go. Um, uh, they look independent. Like why are you, why you keep switching a and B here? And then there's a third thread, which is a, a fellow by the name of Dale Robinson who is in Huntington. He is a civic leader. Um, and um, he uh, he's a member of city council, a successful businessman in Huntington, lives in a nice neighborhood. And uh, he, um, 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 uh, uh, he runs for mayor and loses. Uh, but you know, he's, he's that kind of guy. So there's like these three stories going on. And they're switching back and forth. And you see Molly with Richard sometimes, but but other than that, there's not much interaction. And at the very end, uh, it brings the three things together, and it's told in nonlinear time. We can talk about that a little bit, but but basically at the very end, uh, what is revealed is that Dale Robinson, the civic leader, is the father of Rick Fletcher, the Federal Reserve Bank executive. You didn't know Molly and Dale had a relationship. Molly raised Rick without Dale. Dale, uh, Dale just kind of, not one of his finest moments, uh, left Molly to raise Rick by herself. Molly's a strong woman. Um, and then it's later revealed that me, the character you see me make this trajectory where I gave you the background of the story, I'm the son of Rick Fletcher. That whole discovery scene with Lisa is done. Uh, 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 and, and, and now it's like, so... Not only is Rick Fletcher my bio dad, but the civic leader in Huntington is my grandfather. Uh, uh, and uh, he's the actually the one back to basketball. He's the one, the, the city recreational league, which is a big deal in Huntington, was founded by Dale Robinson 
to this basketball league I played in as a boy and thrived in. I was all stars and the whole nine yards. Um, that was founded by my grandfather. And when I got, was in, in the all-star team ceremony, at the end of my time in that rec league, I, I walk up to accept the trophy and there's Dale Robinson shaking my hand and congratulating me on a great season. He not knowing I'm his grandson, wow. I not knowing he's wow. my grandfather. I like, that. I like that. Wow. Where are you in the process of the book? Yeah, so I am just about finished with the entire rough draft, and it's a strong rough draft. While I'm doing the rough draft, I've got an editor that's going through now from, from starting at chapter one. There's about 38 chapters. She's on chapter eight or nine now. Uh, I got, like I said, two more chapters to write at the end. I'll, I'll finish that before she catches me. Um, and, um, and the editor is fire. Uh, I, I, got, I, I did a little homework, got a great tip from a friend I worked with, and I've just got an editor that is fire. So um, I'm a pretty good writer, but never wrote a novel before. I wrote like federal proposals and scientific white papers and stuff like that. So um, it, she wrote that editor really goes through and, you know, my first writing of it's like, yeah, you can follow the story. It's good storytelling, but you know, I'm, it's not smooth, uh, you know, and boy, she goes through it. And once she, once it passes through her filter, it just, it reads like a, just a really sweet, uh, smooth professional piece of work. Well, she is a professional. I mean, she's written books and she knows the, she, she's, she's experienced. So I'm fortunate to have a very good editor. Hopefully if everything works well, we'll have a fully edited, polished, buffed uh, manuscript by the end of August. Uh, uh, and, um, and I'm going to start the process in a few weeks of soliciting um agents with query letters um and um you know get get that rolling hopefully i can get a publisher interested if not i will do whatever it takes to self-publish uh i would rather go through a standard publisher route uh, i think you know i, I want to give that a shot first and then fall back to the self-publish uh, i have a facebook page um for everybody out there, please pay attention. Uh, we'll we'll link some, to it too in the show. Yeah, for yeah sure. put a link to it, but for it's sure. it's real easy to get to. Uh, if you do Facebook, you know, facebook.com, of course, slash um, intersections, the novel, one word. So the book is named intersections. So if you do the slash on Facebook and just make one word, intersections, the novel, there's my Facebook page. Uh, hey, I've already got 140 followers. <laughs> I'd like to get more. Uh, that will help me with getting an agent's attention. Uh, uh, and um, there's a lot of people back in Huntington very interested in the story. There's people in Richmond that know my siblings that are very interested in the story. And a lot of people I've worked with in Northern Virginia uh, interested in the story. So it's got a bit of a seed. I know I'm going to sell at least 10 books. That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. There uh, you go. Um, you know, but uh, I'd like, I think the story is, you know, a little larger. It, it's definitely larger than myself. It, it, it's really not, you know, as you hear me describe it, it's not just about me. I'm just one of seven main characters in this thing. I, it's, it's not, it's not, I did this and I did that and I did this. That would be boring. 
uh, it's really pulling these threads and putting things together and telling it non real time. I open the book at Richard McLeod's deathbed. And I'm there with him and he is this is he's gasping for breath and it's his final day and I'm I'm the only one left in his life. And and I'm there and letting him know, hopefully he could hear me. I think he could. What a great man he was. And I didn't exactly say it this way in real life, but in the book, I, I say, you're such a great man. And there's uh, uh, there's just so much I want to say to you, but there's something I can't. Uh, uh, and, it, you know, it, it, I forgot exactly how I put it in the book, but, but you know, you're, you're a great man, greater than you ever imagined but I can't tell you why. Uh, uh, and, uh, and then the very last sentence of the first chapter, it's very short, says, uh, uh, this book will explain everything. And, and then it jumps. Then, then chapter two cuts to a Sunday morning in 1962, which the reader doesn't know, but it's the day after I'm conceived. And one of mom's girlfriends is calling her on the phone and saying, are you all right, honey? Cause you two had a fight like you wouldn't believe. And, and, and she goes, yeah, I got a headache. I drank too much, you know, the, the, the whole bit. And they laugh about the night before cause she was with them, the, her friend was with them and they just chuckle about it and, and just go on with their lives. Um, and, and so this, so it starts there the day, but you don't know as the reader, that's what happened. And you find out later in the chapter, Jane's pregnant. And, and Richard and Jane are, are excited and, and, uh, and the story goes from there. Uh, and then, oh, then I take you up to, I'm sorry. I take you up to remember where I told you that my wife and I decided that that ex-husband must be the biological child of Richard McLeod. I take you literally up to that. And then the story jumps back to 1928. And what I'm doing there is now I'm telling you the backgrounds of my parents. Jane and what caused her to become anxious, dad and what caused him to be, have PTSD, hoarding problems. Uh, uh, you know, I, I tell his story, his environment. Also tell the story of my bio dad's environment and Molly and Molly being jilted by Dale Robinson. And, uh, and she had to go to one of those maternity homes. Have you ever heard of those? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 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 She had to go to a maternity home to have my biological father and come back to Huntington and raise him as a single mom and go through all that. And I take you right up to the pool party in 1962 mm. and show that. And I stop it right when mom and her, and her girlfriend start flirting with the fraternity boys, one of them being Rick Fletcher. Right. And the chapter ends. And then you jump back to the DNA and I'm back with Lisa. And I see that picture of my bio dad. Very and that's cool. when you find out. Very cool. I want to read this book right now. <laughs> and, and the final scene is really cool. Uh, is that uh, both parents are gone now because I take you through me taking care of them a little bit at the very end. And uh, remember, open with the scene of my dad dying, uh, which is true. And uh, I delivered the eulogy for Rick. their eulogy was done together because of COVID and everything. I, I and I knew my dad was dying. We're going to do one service for both of them at the same time. They were married 62 years. Uh, uh, we're going to do one service. And, uh, and basically, um, um, I give a 
pretty darn good eulogy, I'm told. <laughs> and and it's almost like an abbreviation of the book. That 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 part of the book where I'm talking about their background is is taken from that eulogy. And uh, and at the very end of the book, the very last scene as I'm filing out, I go over to the last pew on the left to talk to these people, and it's basically my bio dad, two brothers, and sister who went to the eulogy. Oh, oh wow. wow! To to uh, make sure that you know to to give appreciation to the two that raised one of their own. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's how it ends. That's a great ending. That'll be cool. Yeah. In, in real life, my sister and niece were there and they hid in the back. Uh, 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 they, they, they came from Richmond to, to, to be there. If BioDad could have been there, but he couldn't, uh, eight years old COVID, it, it just, just couldn't, couldn't do it. He would have been there in a heartbeat. Uh, but in the book, I'm going to put them all there. That's auto. That, that's another reason why you want to do it auto fiction. Right, right. right. <laughs> anyway, that's, 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 that's the lay down of the book. Uh, we're the editor's excited. I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait to get this thing out. I bet. Excellent. Well, you're a great storyteller, Gene. So I, I know I can already tell the book is going to be good. And just you know, spending this last hour or so with you, I both I think Kendall and I can both agree that you seem like a pretty great guy. And if anybody's deserving of two families, it's someone like you. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's and I'm here in Richmond, and I live ten minutes from my sister now. And like, kind of like you guys went to New England, but it, it, the reason why I'm Richmond is because my daughter, because she went to Virginia Commonwealth, landed here and she married and we have a grandchild. So that's really why we're in Richmond. But So my daughter's 15 minutes away in another direction, but it just so happens where I'm landed, I'm 10 minutes away from my, I'm 15 minutes away from my sister and I'm 10 minutes away from my brother. That's amazing. So that's I see great. them all the time. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, 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 um, it's wonderful. Yeah. My local brother's daughter graduates from high school tonight. So we're headed over. Yep. We're headed over, you know, another beautiful thing about living so close to them and right. Yeah. Get to go see, you know, a bunch of people tonight. So it'll be great. Yeah, And and face to face is so much better than, uh, what we're doing now or the telephone Uh, and, and get that, Get that together part is um, is a lot, lot to be said for that. For Absolutely. sure. Well, you'll have to keep in touch with us and, and let us know what's happening with the book because when the book does get published, uh, we'd love to have you back on. Uh, you got it. <laughs> that, cool. That's a deal. Yeah. Cool. I don't even have to check with my people on that number. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah. that, that's a deal. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, Corey and Kendall, my best to you. Thank you. Have a good time tonight. And, Thank you. Um, reach out if you need me. We will. Thank you so much for listening to Family Twist. We feature original music by Cosmic Afterthoughts. And Family Twist is presented by Savoir Faire Marketing Communications. Check out our website at familytwistpodcast.com for blog posts and all of our episodes.